Hey everyone, I'm Chad Grills. Welcome to the Mission Daily, your number one source for accelerated learning. I'm joined by Stephanie Postles. Steph, what's up? Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to this episode. So excited to be here. Today, we're gonna be talking about four ways to build and upgrade your habits. So how are habits powerful? Well, they are powerful, but can they be dangerous? I think that's what we're also going to be diving <laughs> into di- today. D- diving into the... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I jumped right into the, it. The, the full enchilada there. <laughs> so that's something that not many people bring up or talk about is that on a spectrum of behavior, if you had addiction at one end, so habits that are not serving you, that you're doing compulsively, that you're not thinking about, that you're doing unconsciously, that would be the the worst uh, metastasization. That sounds uh, right. That? <laughs> yeah. I like that word. That was a... Go yeah. on. I don't think I pronounced it right. But anyways, the point being you have a spectrum and habits are the optimal area. So let's think of that as when you're doing something, but it's not yet becoming like obsessive compulsive type thing. And that's where I I don't think people realize that habits can very quickly become that type of behavior where we're not thinking about what we're doing. And the point of this, the four ways that we're going to talk about to build and upgrade your habits, it's very conscious that it's only a small step. It's only one or two choices away from being something that doesn't really serve you. So maybe a habit is great. Maybe it's not. Ultimately, it's going to be on you to decide. Yeah. And why this is so important is because habits are the only thing I think that are standing between you and everything you want in life. So learning how to figure out what's helping you versus hurting you is really important. And I think a lot of times um, it's hard to like step back and look at everything you do during the day and analyze it and be pretty judgmental about it to figure out, you know, maybe my like five cups of coffee a day aren't that good, but I'm in this routine where I wake up every morning and it's just like, that's what I do. I get my coffee and I keep doing that until noon, you know? So I think it's good to, um, yeah, really dive into what you're doing every single day to go where you want to go. Definitely. And a lot of the principles that we're going to be talking about here of the four are from a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Doug. Many people might be familiar with it and it's, uh, it's a great resource in many ways. It's kind of like the Bible of habit building. There's a great quote that Professor Doug uses to introduce the topic by William James. And he says, all of our life, so far as it has definite form, is but a mass of habits, practical, emotional, and intellectual, systematically organized for our weal or woe, and bearing us irresistibly towards our destiny, whatever the latter may be. And I love this quote because... Our destiny, our potential, our future is shaped by the habits we take today. And I think that everybody, I don't care where you're at, there's something small that you probably want to do to tweak tweak a habit, build a new one. Or maybe it's like Steph was saying, you're drinking five cups of coffee a day and you want to step back to four and then three and then two and then go back up to six when you have a kid type thing. (laughs) Um, Unless you're... You have a kid and you have to be on decaf for a while. (laughs) Me at least, not you. You're allowed to uh, have fun with the regular coffee. (laughs) So let's jump into four of the best ways that we found to build and upgrade your habits. All right. So the first one is setting up systems. So you need incentives and you need accountability just to make sure you can't escape what you know you should be doing. So whether this is a team or your spouse or someone that a friend that you text in the morning, uh, it's very easy to talk about accountability. It's much, much more difficult to find someone that actually keeps us accountable and finding someone that doesn't just laugh about us falling short or thinking that it's, you know, funny or, oh, how cute that you want to improve your life and take, you know, take your life seriously. If you have anyone that is making that hard to do, hard to talk about, or isn't really allowing, you know, giving you that accountability 
and who you don't want to give accountability to in return, don't do that with the, that person. Don't don't try to continue that relationship. But I think the biggest thing why people stop this and stop setting up the accountability systems um, is because if you do, and if it's really working, it's going to be not just uncomfortable, it's going to be one of the least favorite parts of your day. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of times with um, certain people that you surround yourself with, they find the need to, like when you tell them like, I want to do this better or that better, they find the need to basically try and convince you that like your life is fine and everything you're doing, like everything you're already doing is oh, really you're doing great. doing a good job. And like compare it to mine, like I'm the one who needs to like step it up. And even though they probably don't mean any harm by it, sometimes I see that as like trying to pull you, you know, down with them of like, you don't need to improve because like if anything I do and wait until I do first type thing. I don't know if you've ever encountered that, but I definitely have with some friends where I'm like, I know what you're doing, little <laughs> trickster. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, the reaction and why we get that sometimes from other people who see us aspiring is, so, I mean, there's simple analogies like the whole crabs in the bucket type thing. But I think the deeper level is, when you actually have systems and accountability and things that you and processes that you can't escape. So is a lift coming to your house in the morning to take you to the gym at 530? Is that something that you can't escape because it's going to cost you $8 and you hate wasting money? So you're going to get on the lift on time and to the gym in the morning. That might be one example of an accountability thing. And then you snap a screenshot in the car and send it to your buddy that is uh, also going to the gym in the morning or something like that. But if you do that, you're going to achieve the thing you want. You're going to have success in implementing the new habit. And that is incredibly threatening for people who just want to talk about it. So if you're going to set up the systems, uh, make sure that you're setting up systems that make some people uncomfortable and that make the right people excited because then they start to think about the prospect of them improving their own life or them picking up that same habit. Maybe you guys are both working on the same habit or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, love it. All right, so we're going to go on to the second one. So the second one is all around mindset and language. And I love the quote by Ludwig Wittgenstein. I think I said yeah, that right this time. It. And he says, the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. So think back to the Matrix where Agent Smith has Neo in the room. He says, what good is a phone call, Mr. Anderson, if you can't speak? And what he's talking about there is this quote by Ludwig Wittgenstein, which is that if you can't say it, you can't do it. And there are other philosophers that, you know, we won't get into that said basically like reality is made up of language. We put words over everything to describe obviously what they mean, but it also pulls us towards the things that we speak about, the things that we talk about. And if you're going to do something, you have to have the right language for it. So what's so cool about the power of habit is that by revisiting this and diving a little bit into the scientific literature and studies about this, you're going to naturally pick up the language. And with the power of habit on Audible, which is a great segue to our sponsor for The Mission Daily, uh, audible.com slash the mission. Go there, get a free book. You can get The Power of Habit or any one of tens of thousands of other excellent books. Uh, you can text the mission to 500-500 and grab a free book. Help support independent media and uh, get your habits on. Yeah, the power of habits like a that. really good one too, <laughs> to start it. And I like that. Get your habit on. <laughs> yeah. So your mindset and the language that you have to describe your pursuits, your accomplishments, your goals are really, really important. So practice speaking about what it is that you're doing now. So define the habit. And if you can encounter it on paper, so if you want to do a little bit of journaling or a little bit of free writing, explore what it is now how it's either serving you or not serving you, how you want to improve it, and then what your life might be like if you improve that habit. Uh, you can't 
it's really, really hard to just take things away. But what if you just made a small, small improvement to the habit, made, uh, made it a little bit better today? And the more that you can practice defining that, uh, the better you can articulate your visions, actions, plans, the easier it's going to be for other people to join you than in setting up those systems or um, the easier it is for yourself to conceptualize what victory actually looks like. I was just about to say that I really think you have to visualize the end goal of like where you're going to be if you do that, because I think you can perform like a little jujitsu on your mind to like trick it into thinking that this is reality and I have to make this happen. And yeah, really setting up like clearly of like, here's exactly where I'm going to be. Here's how it will feel, smell, like everything to make you really think that you're already there is really going to get you there quicker. I couldn't agree more. And that brings us to number three, a great way to upgrade your habits. Start with your three biggest limiting habits. So what are three things that are holding you back, not serving you, or maybe they're not just weakening your willpower, maybe they're making your life horrible. So what are they? Take a moment right now to either think about them, maybe write a note, uh, just take a mental note of them. Uh, There's a great quote by Napoleon Hill who says, habits come in pairs, triplets, and quadruplets. Any habit which weakens one's willpower invites a flock of its relatives to move in and take possession of the mind. I love that. And I love Napoleon Hill. He's like my favorite. His voice, you know, I think it's so cute. (laughs) If you haven't heard his voice, uh, that's a great reason to go get one of his original audiobooks with whether it's him or he's just talking about his interviews with Andrew Carnegie and everyone else. Uh, That's, it's some priceless stuff. But what Napoleon is talking about here is the fact that if you're weakening yourself with one habit, it's going to invite a flock of other habits that don't serve you. So sometimes it's easier to improve three habits that reinforce each other than it is to just try to improve one Um, because it's like a flywheel. It's going to be self-perpetuating where if you wake up on time, if you get up and if you're in the gym, like we talked about in the earlier example, and then it's going to make it easier to do the next thing, whatever that is, whether it's reading or something like that, you can combine those habits to take the mental load off of, uh, They're basically going to be self-reinforcing. This reminds me, uh, you might not like me telling this story, but whenever you say like you have some sugar and then you're like, and then I automatically want wine. And then I like, you kind of told me how sometimes you go down this wormhole all because it started with having too much sugar. It starts with coffee. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah, It starts with coffee (laughs) and then it goes with wine and then it goes to sugar. And yeah, you basically told me about this very slippery slope of like habits compounding that you don't want. It's a a trip. Yeah. A triplet of if you're looking to cut back uh, any of those three things that we just mentioned, they, uh, you might want to experiment with, uh, either cutting them all out entirely or stepping back all three of them at the same time. I agree. All right, let's move on to the fourth one. So here's where we get into implementation. So it's really important that we obviously take action and start to implement changes in our life, but it's even more important to identify and get uh, very reflective with ourselves about how is that old habit or where that habit is at serving us or not serving us? Because chances are it is addressing a craving. Maybe it's something that is part of our mind or our bodies or our past histories or our traumas that that habit is satiating or making, uh, it's obviously like keeping life better or bearable for us. So really getting specific about how is that habit serving us? And once we do that, then you can identify, okay, how can you implement the change or how can you implement a change that is going to address that old craving? So that's, uh, you know, whether it's the coffee or the sugar or the alcohol, there is usually something there that 
you know, in, in my, my own case, it's, I'm probably not getting enough exercise at any point in time where I turn to those crutches or, uh, indulgences or, you know, whatever the case is. So implementation and I've, I've cycled on coffee, I've cycled off of it. And it's good to be able to do both for sure, because there are pros and cons of each. And in order to do that, uh, you know, you just get, you have to go right back to the implementation and you have to get serious about just, yeah, doing that one small thing each day to make it better. Yeah. And I think a strategy to help implement is, um, well, this helps me anyways, maybe it's a personal thing, but is basically replacing a bad habit. So don't just say like, I need to stop doing this completely. But instead of maybe like, if it's coffee for you, it's like, okay, well, instead I get to have tea and that'll be my new morning ritual. Or for me, like, you know, sugar is my issue. So instead of having like ice cream, I'm going to have like a piece of fruit instead. And like learning to replace it with something that's better, where you still get to do something fun and that you you enjoy and can look forward to, but it's kind of getting you away from, you know, where you don't want to be. It sounds small. It sounds simple, but it's only when we encounter that again and again, do we uh, essentially advertise to ourselves the importance of those small changes, because there are so many different ways to get distracted and take the lives of other people more seriously than we take our own life. So I think the, the number one principle to take away from all that is you can't extinguish a bad habit you can only change it and you'll and you change it do for it. the better or for the worse, but it's up to you. And I know you can do that. We believe Systems, in you. <laughs> mindset, uh, identify the three biggest limiting habits that you might have, and then get serious about the implementation where if you're going to improve, you can take that small step today and get started. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. And uh, we'll be doing the same thing side by side with you guys. So we hope you enjoyed this episode today and we will see you next time on the Mission Daily. See you next time. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.